This week on Ultra 64, we're doing the hot new dance. It's sweeping the nation. It's the Chameleon Twist and the Chameleon Twist 2, which is like the Chameleon Twist, but slightly worse. Let's Chameleon Twist again like we did last summer. Welcome to Ultra 64. We are the Internet's comprehensive Nintendo 64 podcast. Each and every week we are playing a different randomly selected game from the Nintendo 64 catalog until we've played every son of a bitching one of them. And this week we played two games, Chameleon Twist and Chameleon Twist 2. My name's Steve Guntley. I am master of my tongue and body, Woody Siskowski. Oh, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> oh, but it's a good way to be. Oh, oh man. Okay, so that's we are a, that's, playing... that's what it tells you in the training mode in this game. You, the Do, you need to master your tongue and body. Body, go to the training mode. <laughs> That's where you learn how to do it, finally. Yeah. Uh, these are a couple of uh, uh, pretty much forgotten platformers, I would say, in Nintendo 64 exclusives. Nobody really talks about them much. I talk about them all the time. Well, yes. Okay, that's true. But you're a nobody, is what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, that's what well, I'm trying to convey. I can't yeah. argue with that. <laughs> hey, man, I have a I co-host a successful podcast. Oh, in which man? Well, you're hosting another podcast? <laughs> what the hell? Zing! <laughs> Take that, me. Um, yeah, no, so I, I actually have some distinct memories of Chameleon Twist. All right, so I told the I story off air, but uh, I rented Chameleon Twist 2 from Blockbuster when, like, it came out. Like, I don't know, I don't remember when. Just kind of on a whim, just because I wanted to play a game. Uh, and uh, <laughs> As you do sometimes. As you do. And I'll I remember, give these video games a try. I keep hearing the kids talk about these things. Uh, yeah, I remember playing Part 2, and I thought it was terrible. And I remember thinking that was unusual because I'd never played a game before that i thought was terrible okay uh so it was the first time of being cognizant of a game being bad you know at this time you didn't really have the same access you did right so i had the games that i got for christmas and the games i got for christmas were ocarina of time <laughs> and goldeneye and so you just assumed all video Mario games were 64. great yeah exactly i just assumed they were all awesome and uh, chameleon twist 2 kind of pulled the rug out from under me i'm just like wow i i, I don't actually like this uh so for a long time in my head chameleon twist 2 was kind of like the er bad game Okay, and uh, that has not been borne out, but uh, we'll we'll get into that a little bit. Um, I I my my chameleon twist story is I remember buying it for like five dollars oh. and being what the hell is this game? Um, and then I played it and I thought it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. so um, it definitely caught me by surprise. And apparently we had opposite situations though. Yeah, I I, I I think I've come around on it. I've definitely come around on the first one. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm quite there yet, but it, I, I will, I mean, spoiler for the end of this podcast, uh, Chameleon Twist 2 is not the worst game I've ever played. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's even no the last action list. hero for Super <laughs> Nintendo. Have you played in the last action hero yeah, games? Yeah, I have. Oh I played gosh. on NES yeah. and Super NES. Super NES is slightly better. Uh, <sighs> oh, that is hard to believe. What is, have we talked about, what is the worst game you've ever played that's I think not it's, I think it's last action hero you, for the Super Nintendo. Okay, what was the first game, what was your Chameleon Twist 2 in the sense of like the game that made you realize that games are can be bad i i I honestly can't remember can't pinpoint that yeah i think worst game i've ever played still goes to plumbers don't wear ties okay yeah terrible slideshow masquerading as a game with lots of random naked people and murder and it's just a terrible awful game maybe the game blasto for, I think I I think oh, I rent Bill Hartman. I think I rented a 3DO. Oh, okay. um, like the 
for a while you could rent video game systems yeah. from the store. So I rented a 3DO with the games Gex and Blasto. Wow. And I played much more Gex on it than I did Blasto. <laughs> That's probably a good guy. Yeah. Blasto is really only notable for being like the last thing Phil Harpin appears in. Uh, it's a strong it legacy that he left. I think it was released shortly after he died. So like, yeah, it's, it's one of his last things. <laughs> Uh, so this game also stood out to me a little bit because, uh, my sister and I actually had a pet chameleon when I was growing up. Uh, that's one of the weirder pets we've ever had. And we had a lot of weird pets, but, um... It was, it was mostly my sister's uh, chameleon because she really wanted she it. She got to keep 60% of it. She, she just she got did. the back end. I got Yeah, I cut off the tail, but then uh, the tail grew back, yeah. so I got, I got screwed there. Uh, no, she saved up, I think it was like a $200 or something to get the chameleon and all of the tanks and equipment and all the stuff they need. And he was a cool little dude. Like, it was it was fun to watch him. Like, he, we would watch him change colors. And he's got these crazy eyes that, like, look like a ball and socket armature or something, like, on an action figure. Oh, okay. You know, it, it looks like... Because they don't, like, his face doesn't turn. The eyes just kind of rotate. Right. And the, the eyes are covered with scales, you know. Ooh. So it's really weird looking. And it rotates in full 360 degrees. And it's very strange to look at. And then he moves his hands... Like, he's constantly doing the live long and prosper sign, <laughs> okay. but, like, trying to feel you with it. Yeah. And, like, he would crawl on our hands and stuff like that. He was a cool little dude. What was dude. his name? I don't remember. I don't I don't remember his name, actually. Uh, sadly, we didn't have him that long. Uh, he ate some of his bedding at the bottom of the terrarium and died. Um, wow. Then we came to find out that there was a... They should have put uh, non-toxic bedding in there. Th- that's the thing. There, there was a class action lawsuit uh, that sprung up around the manufacturers of that bedding because apparently that was a common problem with people's lizards dying. So, uh, yeah, we didn't have them very long. Did you receive a payment? Is that the origin of the, these fancy <laughs> microphones you have? <laughs> no, we were too late for the class action lawsuit. Okay. That happened after, but uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was a bummer. I liked that little yeah. guy. I don't think I would get another one just because I'm a grown man and I don't think I want to have lizards in the house. But at the same time, it was cool. It was a, it was a cool pet for a uh, for a twelve. What better pet is there for a grown man than two obnoxious dogs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a much more mature yeah. and a cat that's constantly screaming. You know, yeah. it's a much more mature way to approach it. Well, let's jump into Chameleon Twist. Uh, it was released November thirtieth, nineteen ninety-seven. Published by Japan System Supply, or I'm sorry, developed by Japan System Supply and published by Sunsoft. And this is an N sixty-four exclusive. So Sunsoft is actually one of my favorite developers from the NES era. Um, really? I think so. Most Sunsoft games are garbage. Not at all. I, don't, I will counter that. But uh, it's an offshoot of a Japanese electronics company, Sun Corporation, and the gaming division was founded in nineteen seventy-eight, and it's actually still going today although in a very very diminished capacity they published yeah i think some of the best licensed games on the nes they i think so i think so all right all right i will go to bat i'm listening here i'm gonna go to bat for batman sure i'm gonna go to bat for platoon i haven't played it's actually not based on the oliver stone based on the oliver stone movie weird thing to base a license on i'm gonna go to bat for their adams family games (laughs) okay including fester's quest which is really hard and really weird and i'm gonna definitely 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 go to bat for gremlins 2 the new batch Okay. Which is a fantastic top-down action game starring Gizmo, and it's a total blast. Huh. So I will go to bat for them, and also Blaster Master is one of my very favorite games on the NES. Okay. Like, it's well, one of my favorites. all those games are fine. Yes. So I, I will not dispute you. <laughs> I'm not going to go to bat for Sky Kid or anything like that. You know, I Have you played remember. the Superman games? Oh, yeah, yeah. They those did a, those well, are very bad. Death and Return of Superman on Super NES oh, wasn't bad. You're right. That's a pretty good like side-scrolling beat-em-up. I believe um, it was one-player, though. That was like the all-time worst things was one-player beat-em-ups. Oh, yeah. That, nothing like gets the lowest more boring of the low, than that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you need one other person to accidentally hit you and cause a real-life fight yeah. in order for those to succeed. 
Yeah, when they moved to the SNES, uh, they got a couple more uh, semi. I mean, I'm, call, I'm using classics in uh, sure. air quotes here. But yeah, Death and Return of Superman, Arrow the Acrobat, which Oof. we weirdly talked about a lot on this show, <laughs> and uh, all the Looney Tunes games. So Tasmania, everything like that. They did all of the Looney Tunes games. They, they, they're um, like consistent like C games. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, no, I, I like if again, you bought think, them, you wouldn't be like, ah, this was terrible. But you wouldn't. It wouldn't be your new classic. I, except I for maybe Blaster Master. All of those NES games I mentioned are like I think little hidden gems on the NES. I, I wouldn't go to bat so much for the SNES games, okay. but I, I will go to bat for the rest of them. Uh, so I mean, all told, between the NES and the Super NES, Sunsoft did about a hundred games, and then their output dropped off significantly because in 1995. Sun Corporation invested a lot of money in a golf course in Palm Springs, and they took a bath on it, lost a lot of money, and uh, they filed for bankruptcy. They they busted down Sunsoft to a skeleton crew and only just kind of finished out the last couple of Looney Tunes games they had and then just kept development very, very isolated. So Chameleon a- Twist 1 and 2 are the only games Sunsoft did for the N64. It's a strange choice to be like, we're going to make video games and also invest all our money in a golf course. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird thing, yeah. So, I mean, the company is still around, like I said, uh, largely thanks to a deal that they made with Nintendo in 2006 uh, to help produce the virtual console. Okay. Uh, so they worked a lot on that, and that's why a lot of Sunsoft games are on the virtual console. That's but why not you can Chameleon play Euphoria or something like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not Chameleon Twist. Uh, but now that the virtual console is basically dead, so I think Sunsoft might be on borrowed time. I think they're just kind of releasing mobile games over in Japan right now, which is usually the kiss of death, I find. And being, yeah, and being that um, <coughs> most of the games that they made early were licensed games, they don't really have their own mascot or property to lean back on unless they want. There's going to be a push for a new Arrow the Acrobat game. Yeah. Because they're going to happen. It's going to be like a Kickstarter and be like, oh, it's going to be all new pickups that you remember. And people are like, oh, yeah, this game. I remember why no one played these Arrow the Acrobat games. I vaguely remember this mediocre platformer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they keep trying to make Blaster Master a thing. Right. Like they, they released a Blaster Master Zero for the Switch, which was one of the, like, the launch games on the Switch. Uh, but nobody's played it. Nobody cares anymore. It's sad. Um, well, that story was complete. It, it, it filled all the aspects of the Jungian archetype triangle, Hero's <laughs> Journey, where boy loses his frog and well, and then gets... Boy su- gains power of a giant mech tank. And, yeah, and boy, boy rescues frog. frog. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, it's straight up Joseph Campbell stuff again and again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, come on. Uh, I had a hard time finding much of anything about Japan's system supply. Except that perhaps the most boring name for a video game developer. With the cutest little title card, though. Yeah, it's like this fun, like, cat. This animated cat, you know? Like, you don't think he's going to do anything, and then he, like, moves towards the screen and goes, meow. That's great. They they, they Um, sound like just a supplier of, like, motherboards. Right, (laughs) yeah. yeah. Or, like, we make pacemakers here. Yeah. Yeah, but Japan System Supply, as near as I can tell, they only developed five games. So... Two of them are Chameleon Twist games. There's a Game Boy game called Power Quest, uh, a Japanese <laughs> what exclusive. What a terrible name. Right? Like, that is a sure to be forgotten. Like, yeah. oh, that's by Power Quest. Uh, there's a Japan, Japan exclusive tarot reading game. Nice. And the lowest of the low, the most uh, ignominious uh, honor you can have. They had one of the games on the Virtual Boy that was canceled. <laughs> Their game was too crappy to make it to the Virtual Boy. It was called Bound High. Uh, so, yeah, really very unremarkable uh, company in that regard. Um, so, uh, what is the story of Chameleon Twist? Well, eagle-eyed players might recognize similarities with a certain public domain story. Uh, <laughs> I've got the whole plot from the manual here. I'm just going to read it yeah. out because they, they wrote it like a storybook. 
Davy the Chameleon likes nothing better than a walk through the jungle, finished up with a rest on his favorite stump. I mean, who doesn't? Mm-hmm. That's a, a day on the stump. It's a great day. One day, as he is sitting enjoying the sun, a well-dressed white rabbit wearing a black silk hat and vest appears in front of him, hurrying along the top of a log. Oh dear, oh dear, I should not be late, mutters the rabbit in a panicky voice. Late for what? Wonders Davy. I'm doing all the voices. The rabbit hurries along and jumps into a strange-looking pot. (laughs) The inside of the pot is covered with rainbow-colored mist. Who on earth can that rabbit be, and why is he wearing such fancy clothes? Davy just can't work it out. Maybe the rabbit is friends with someone living here in the jungle. Or maybe... Boing! (laughs) Davy leaps down from the stump and straight into the pot, determined to catch up with the rabbit. I assume he got a boner and, like, flipped him into the pot. That was the sound of the boing? That's the universal sound for getting a boner. Okay. Boing. (laughs) The mist gradually lifts and Davy finds himself in a jungle. But it's not the jungle he knows. Everything looks different and his favorite stump is missing. Huh? Suddenly, Davy has more important things to worry about than the scenery. Yikes! Looking down, he sees he no longer has a chameleon's body. He's standing on two legs instead of four and wearing gloves and a backpack. What on earth has happened to him? I've got to find that rabbit, he thinks, and ask him how to get back home. Davy sets out to find the rabbit. The jungle isn't dense, so he has a good view all around. He can hear the sound of waterfalls a little ways off. Your adventure with Davy in the Land of Wonder is now about to begin. <laughs> it is the Land of Wonder, huh? All you have to rely on is your tongue, your intelligence, and your courage. Good luck and good licking. <laughs> I, this is a premise of, I think you've stumbled on a new reality show hit. You drop someone in the jungle, all you have to rely on is your tongue and your wits. <laughs> and Jeff Probst sends you out into the woods with a good luck and a good licking. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> you're just running around the woods like licking things <laughs> until you die. Uh, I would watch that show, actually. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, in addition so, to Davey, who is uh, like a uh, purple uh, chameleon, you can also choose from three other chameleons. You get Linda, who is reddish pinkish, Fred, who is yellow, and Jack, who is green. Blue. And, oh, he's right? blue. Yeah. Wait, did I get the switch? Davey's the green one. Davey's the green one in the second one, but is he green in oh, the first confusing. one? Oh, confusing. No, because da- the green one is the main character, I think. I think, I think so. Davey's the green one. I might have those mixed up. Lewis Carroll is rolling over in his grave. Yeah, I know. That's like... What a strange story to crib, and especially, like, so obviously, for yeah. a game that needs so little story. Just make the thing a different animal. Well, and you're not in, like, a wonderland. You're not in, like, a magical land. You're in another jungle. <laughs> like, you're just going to a land that looks slightly different from yours, but your stump is gone. So the most fantastical, far-out world they can think of is a world without a stump. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, admittedly, that is just the first world. Like, yeah. things do get... You go to, like, kids' land where there's, oh, like, yeah, evil yeah. ice cream sandwiches that chase after oh, you. Oh, okay, okay. So um, we didn't that's get pretty magical. Land. And the bomb land was, had a lot of, like, shark torpedoes and stuff That's like true. That. It was all very square and angular. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know, it gets a little more whimsical. But if you're going to crib from Alice in Wonderland, you got to go weird right off the bat. Yeah. Um... Weirdly, everything in the Land of Wonder, according to the manual, is measured in tongues. So <laughs> Davy is 15 tongues tall, and his tongue is 160 tongues long. Wow. Okay. So I wonder if that is to I'm scale. Confused, that's like saying an inch is one inch long, or like an inch is how many. So you can't measure the thing that you're measuring in the thing that you're measuring. Does that make sense? I don't know. Uh, like, well, it, sure you can. Because a foot is a measurement, and some people have bit, feet that are longer than a feet. So someone's but, foot could be one and a half feet. But Davy's tongue is 160 tongues long. So wouldn't his tongue be just 160 
whatevers? No, but they have a standard tongue. They they took the okay, most average person with... and cut out their tongue okay. and measured it, and that becomes the universal measure of tongue. And that's how we get Wes Craven's people under the stairs. <laughs> exactly. That's what they did. After they measure them, they put them in the people under the stairs house, and uh, that's how that happens. Uh, all right, yeah. So, And also it's weird that... Chameleons are the heroes of this game, and then they immediately uh, are transformed into things that look nothing like a chameleon. So, yeah, they're like weird, like, alien little Martian dudes. They're spacemen. Yeah, they're yeah. little round-headed spacemen that look like Blaster Master characters, actually. Or Bomberman, which I think yeah. is uh, kind of the this vibe seems like this a very Bomberman-influenced game. Yeah, um, and uh, so it's a, it's a strange choice. And like you, you just pointed out, like... Changing color, the thing that chameleons are most known for, does not come into effect in either of these games. It's just not a thing. So, when with your pet chameleon, did he have like a very noticeable tongue? Was that yeah, a big, yeah. It was a big part of it his personality. Big, it's a big tongue. Yeah, and it, okay. it would be cool to watch. How him, many like, tongues long was it? Oh, it was at least one tongue okay. long. I mean, it was longer than my tongue. I think. Oh, probably. Yeah, I didn't. You didn't like, get down right it. next to him. Yeah, I wasn't trying, but I mean, <laughs> hey, he sis, could, pull out our tongues. I'm just saying he could he could get a fly from like the next branch over, and I can't. Okay. Uh, uh, yep. So I tried. Um, so yeah, it, it just seems like a weird choice to kind of do away with the chameleon aspect of the game like right away. Yeah. Uh, but they did keep the tongue. So the gameplay here is based around your long, flexible tongue. <laughs> uh, it's essentially nonstop grappling hooks, which is yeah. kind of our jam yeah. around here. We totally. like grappling hooks around here. Every so often, there is a game that sort of falls into the genre of the grappling hook game. Yeah. Where, you know, there's a lot of games that have a grappling hook in it, like mm-hmm. places you wouldn't expect. Like, I think the future Call of Duty game has it. Yeah. Um, it's in the Rayman games. It's in just... Far a, Cry. Yeah. yeah. It's in a lot of things. But occasionally, you get a game that's, like, totally built around it. And obviously, Bionic Commando. The best version. Um, of yeah. Yeah. Um, the game Flint Hook, which just came out, which is a ro- uh, roguelike game for the PC, which is there's pretty a, cool. There's a Jap- there, it was like a Japanese exclusive series, and I'm blanking on the name I, right now. It has a very Japanese a very name. Very Jap- long Japanese that, name. It starts, starts with, with a U. U. Yeah, yeah. I know. They just ported I just it to the Switch. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, they, it just came out over a here. 3D, there's a 3D S version of it called Yumi's Odd Journey. This oh. I know. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I forget the name of that series. And I believe ju- Just Cause. Is, just cause is, is really it, fun which is also a very fun title you go like i'm gonna throw myself into this helicopter and crash it and you go why are you gonna do that just cause just cause yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i remember thinking like uh, th- there's a movie called just cause too that has sean connery and i think wesley snipes maybe uh but i remember seeing that in the video store and thinking that's how you pronounce it because i didn't know what just cause was as a concept so i'm like we why want a movie this movie yeah. just cause we, yeah. we wanted a movie to star wesley snipes and sean connery I'm like yes yeah. this if this movie's indifferent to its own they're, title then i don't want to watch they're it. both knighted right sure sir <laughs> yeah. wesley snipes yeah for his performance in tu wong fu thanks for everything yeah, julie exactly. newmar um yeah so yeah it's it's all tongue-based gameplay you can extend your <laughs> tongue and you can steer it like you can steer your tongue at like 45 degree angles which looks very strange and it retracts back into your mouth once it reaches its length or if you hit a wall 
Uh, well, you, it does. You can it you can hold it out there for a few seconds. So you basically yeah. hold B to keep extending it, and then sort of once it hits the link, it'll stay out there another second or right. two, and then it'll come back. Yeah. And enemies will can just walk. It's sticky too, so enemies just walk into it and get. When you pull in, you'll pull in everything that you grabbed with it as any enemies. Then you can spit them out, kind of like Yoshi. Right. Exactly. And you can uh, you can zip to poles to like you can grab a pole with your tongue and it'll zip you right in. Or if you grab it with your tongue and press and hold A, you'll spin around right. and uh, you'll ca- anything you catch on your tongue when you spin around like that goes right in your mouth <laughs> and you use that to get across large trenches and stuff like that uh, you also have a move where you can press Z to extend your tongue onto the floor and kind of use it to pole vault mm-hmm. it's a tricky mechanic to get right well because there's um, there's sort of a- momentum to it you're like yeah. fl- flex back and then forward and you have to press A as you're going forward yeah yeah you're um, catapulting yourself yeah little, and it's yeah. hard it is hard to time correctly yeah but once you get good at it then like and I never did but <laughs> I assume like once you get good at it, it's pretty good yeah. um and you can you can shoot your tongue in the air and stuff like that and there's you know otherwise basic hopping but hopping doesn't hurt your enemies here you have no. to spear them with your tongue or shoot other thing shoot other enemies at them exactly so it's it's a whole mechanic based around regurgitation you yeah. uh, you grab something with your super long tongue you spit it back at something else until it dies and uh, that is your game yeah um this game is it's very simple like they had they definitely had a premise, and they got the sort of core aspects working the way that they wanted to, mm-hmm. and they just kind of never really deviated from that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? For what it is, it works great. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised that, like, I'm, I picked it up, and I'm, I'm rolling right into it, and the mechanics just make sense right off the bat. Like, I get it. Like, the, the spinning around took a little timing. The pole vaulting took a little timing. But it's not like a broken mechanic. Mm-mm. It's just something that takes a little bit of skill. Uh, you did note that like this game is famously short and easy. Yes. Um, so this is a game that you could probably beat in an afternoon. It does feel like the target demographic for this game, based on like the art style, is people who are about five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the gameplay is maybe a little complicated for yeah. that age bracket, but that definitely like. This game is essentially div- very, very light on challenge. Yeah. Um, there's only five levels in the whole game. A lot of the segments, you can just sort of run past the enemies. Um, most of the areas where you fall, you don't actually fall into a pit of doom. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to climb back up. And um, you give, it gives you a lot of health to start with, and there's lots of hearts Lots of hearts, well. yeah. Lots of hearts scattered around. And there's also a lot of crowns that you pick up, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ever quite sure what the crowns. They're do. just the collectible. At the end of the level, it tells you like how out of twenty five crowns, how many you got. So they add the replay value to the hour long game. And it's a it's a random thing, but like coins, there's a certain logic to it because you can pick up a coin and put it in your pocket. Yeah. Fine. Crowns are hard to carry around. <laughs> You're not going to be wearing a stack of crowns on top of your already chameleon space helmet. Does like, he have a backpack in this game? He does have a backpack. Okay. Yeah, you got so backpack and gloves. And that's, yeah, in the second game, that's how they have the backpacks. They get to keep them. Uh, but still, like, you can only fit two, three of these crowns in a backpack at most, unless yeah. it's like a R- Ramona Flowers backpack or something. And it's very unclear why you are collecting these crowns. Yeah, it wasn't All you're certain. trying to do is to get home. I mean, it's just like a scoring mechanic to go back and replay the levels. Yeah. Um, which is okay, being as what I said, this game is only five levels long. Yeah. Um, the other thing to, you know, it's, I, I appreciate this, that this game is so easy mm-hmm. because I feel like in a lot of ways, um, that sort of covers up its flaws, which probably the biggest one is the camera in this game is awful, awful, awful. Cam- and you know, 
it, it for the most part it's not very obtrusive because you actually don't really need to move the camera very so, often. Yeah, this isn't like this isn't like really. I mean, it is a 3D game, but the general setting of the camera is not right behind your character like a Super Mario 64 or something. It's sort of up and zoomed out a little bit, mm-hmm. so you're looking down, kind of a little isometric at character. The closest I could think of to compare this to would be like Bomberman Hero, yes. which we played already. It's kind of. It feels it's like open and all connected, but it feels like individual puzzle stages that you're doing. Like each little screen is like a little puzzle stage, mm-hmm. and you have to clear all the enemies or solve a, a riddle and then move on. And yeah, and the design and sort of art direction is very abstract. Everything is just sort of very sort of boxy. It yeah. feels like it was. De- it doesn't feel organic. It feels like it was designed to be in a video game. Yeah, yeah, um, that's a good point. Which again yeah. is okay, um, unless porcupines tend to like march in formation. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so, like, the camera, again, because it's sort of zoomed out, mostly the default camera shows you what you need to do. But if you get into a situation where something is obscuring your view or you're trying to make a weird jump and the camera's not showing you the angle correctly, Mm -hmm. when you move it, it is not going to help you. It's just going to make it the camera a much worse position. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just kind of slides in one place. Right, yeah, that's a good way to say it. The camera in these games does not rotate. No. Like, you can't view something from the other side direction it simply slides to the left when you press left yeah and now you're just looking at it farther away did you ever watch old vhs tapes that had pan and scan no okay it was like a it was like a workaround for widescreen it was like so you could have a widescreen experience without losing the little bars on the top or bottom of the screen okay so what it would do would basically just have a really bad looking like digital panning like the this the screen would stop moving and then like the camera would pan a little bit to one side and then pan back to the action it was awful when did this happen this was a brief period like around 98 99. so it would essentially take you away from what was going on in the movie kind of to- like i i remember we would rent we rented a few vhs tapes around that time that had this on there and i always hated it i didn't know what it was called until years later but i always hated it huh. so i remember distinctly what did i watch i watched the spielberg movie always which is okay. already his worst movie and like it, but it had pan and scan and then i watched uh the juror with demi moore and alec baldwin and it had that too, and it just made the movie really hard to watch. I am amazed by your memory that you remember that you watched a Demi Moore and Alec Baldwin movie with. Oh, Pan who and the fuck Scan. remembers that movie? At I, all? I don't. Yeah. Even, I would not remember that movie. Yeah, it also has Anne Heche and Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a child. Yeah, great. Yeah, Thank I, you. I don't know why I know all this. I just that's my <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt perennially looks like a child. Yeah, like, he is not aged. He looks the same as he did in like uh, uh, Angels in the Outfield. Anyway, we went way off topic. I don't even care. Um, the point is the camera in this game is not good. Camera's bad. But it is a very easy game. Most of the challenges are very obvious. There's yeah. like a pole over there and you stick your tongue to it. Or there's a pit that you spin around and yeah. then you get there. Or there's like, um, I went, this. the third level of this game is a bomb world. Mm. And like you suck in these sh- sort of bullet bill looking sharks and you shoot them out and you activate a switch. Yeah, there and are like, some enemies that you can't grab with your tongue and you need to throw bombs at them. Right, and then it activates a switch and the door opens and you go, oh, that was easy. Like it's it's easy, but it's not in a way that like you feel uh, cheated of the no. experience because there's enough skill and there's kind of a unique mechanic here yes. that... Yeah, it takes a little practice to get good at it, but you're not going to die while you're practicing. Exactly. Uh, so it's a good balance of, of being easy, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the other little secret uh, uh, surprise in this game is that there's a multiplayer mode, and you didn't even know about I, the multiplayer mode. Yeah, I mode. played through this game at least twice, and yeah. I didn't know there was a multiplayer it's mode. It's not one you would think that there would be a multiplayer mode at all. Uh, and 
I was also surprised that this was kind of an enjoyable, goofy yeah. little multiplayer mode. It was. Uh, it's just called Battle Mode, and you have two flavors of Battle Mode. One is uh, Survival, and one is Time Trial. So Survival is uh, you're, you're on a small platform that sometimes they move, sometimes they don't, but they have obstacles and they have enemies that they drop on here. And your goal is to eat all the uh, enemies and shoot them at your opponent to knock them off the stage, and then you win. Yep. Uh, pretty basic, pretty fast-paced. I think rounds mostly last 30 seconds or less. It was almost, this this mode I felt like was almost too fast-paced, because mm. sort of by the time you get acclimated, figure out what color chameleon you are, everything drops, and then you get knocked off the edge, and then you're out. Yeah. I feel like there needed to be a setting here of like, lives like so when you get knocked off you lose a life and you can set it to three lives or something like that because you know you'll die in like five seconds and you have to go back to the menu and pick a level again and you're like oh yeah so it's over way too quickly um and yeah maybe a larger stage or something would have helped and it it, the the only drawback is if the stage gets too long it's very hard to actually knock someone off that's very true that's very true uh you you got into some really nice like uh machine gun kind of piles like because you'd eat like a whole strand of enemies yeah they would put a a pole in the middle and then you swing around the whole stage and grab like every enemy and you shoot like 30 things at someone oh yeah you hit me i was nowhere near the edge (laughs) but you hit me and i could not get out of that like endless line of enemies enemies and it just kept like machine gunning me right off the edge uh so there is a little degree of strategy yeah. and skill to it uh i mean i really i mean i really like the way the you know n64 i think one of the traits of a lot of games is it has very shoehorned multiplayer in there yeah um and this game sort of has that but at least like it's very true to what the game is about yeah um, I, and again, I, it's it's feeding off the Bomberman vibe that they're kind of going for. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in like they could have gone a little heavier on the multiplayer, honestly. Yeah. But like, I would have liked to see maybe a mode that like was just a race mode mm-hmm. where you start at one end and there's like poles and trenches and you just sort of race someone to the other side of the stage. Yeah, just yeah. to sort of explore that area of the game. Some besides from just the the licking and shooting yeah yeah exactly that sounds part, wrong yeah. part of the lick shoot genre of games. <laughs> the lick sh- there's running guns and there's lick and shoots <laughs> coming soon is the lick a tongue standalone pokemon yeah. game yeah um yeah that's that's about it for chameleon twist one um i was pleasantly surprised by chameleon twist i i you know uh, that's the twist that's, that's how the they twist. get you is that it's actually <laughs> pretty good Shyamalan tw- chameleon yeah. tw- and that Shyamalan's chameleon twist yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, because I came into this series with, like, some negative baggage, like, from playing the second game, uh, I didn't really... Is there positive baggage, or is all baggage negative? I mean, it, uh, it depends. What's your label? Is it, like, a Vuitton baggage or something Ooh, like that? Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty positive. Yeah, that's, that's pretty true. positive. But, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a baghead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the kind of game... This game has a lot of stuff in it that I like. It's built around a fun mechanic. I am yeah. a big fan of just grappling hooks in general. Yeah. Um, and so it's built around a mechanic that works well, and it is super short and super easy. So, yeah. like, I get the satisfaction of playing it and then the satisfaction of not having to play it and being able to move on with something else yeah and i know you're a a big fan of short games in particular like uh, any game you can play in like two to three hours uh all the way through the end i think is kind of a plus uh from time to time you know and and i would you know at this time it's again important to acknowledge now that is a big plus Mm -hmm. but if we had spent sixty dollars on this game and you beat it in the afternoon you're like what the hell yeah 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 that is not a plus at the time exactly now uh i think the these ones are pretty cheap. I think I paid a little more for part two. Sure. I think that's a little harder to find because uh, neither of these games sold very well, but Chameleon Twist 2 was kind of like a bomb. That, um, and that's that's usually the case for these the sort of average game. 
average games like that that yeah. don't sell well is the second one is the valuable one. I yeah. Mean, not that it's that valuable, but... Well, speaking of, let's talk about Chameleon Twist 2. Uh, that was released April 14th, 1999, developed by the same people, and again, it was a Nintendo 64 exclusive. So yeah, like I said, the first one, not a big hit, but it did have its defenders, and it did have uh, kind of a small cult following, you know, you amongst them. Yes. Uh, so, you know, I, and I feel like this had to be a pretty cheap game for Sunsoft to turn around, because it's pretty simple and short. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, I think a, a sequel was probably a no-brainer. Um, but yeah, th- this one was kind of an unambiguous flop. All right, I need to parse out this phrase a little bit because the game, (laughs) the title screen, it says Chameleon Twist 2, and the tagline on there is high voltage screaming action. Which is, if if you were to name, I bet I could come up with a thousand video games Mm -hmm. that that title would be, that subtitle would be more fitting for than Chameleon Twist 2. Yeah, yeah, there's, all right, let's go word by word. Okay. Uh, uh, High, uh, they're in the sky. Yeah, in the sky, but it's high voltage. That's really vo- one oh, word. Oh, it's hyphenated. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't think it's I don't think they hyphenated, but no. it should be. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there, There's no voltage, voltage in this game. No voltage. No electricity that we encountered whatsoever. Screaming. Um, the closest you get to a scream when, is when your character gets hurt. He goes like, ow! He makes the exact same noise that the character makes in Zombies Ate My Neighbors when you get hit. Oh, really? Yes. I, okay. feel, like it, I feel like the audio file was cribbed from that game because okay, it's almost okay. an identical noise. It, it's uh, Again, I think I referenced this game last week or two weeks ago whenever we played Turok, but uh, uh, it sounds kind of like the little kid in Michael Jackson's Moonwalker oh, when they yeah. get saved and they say, Michael, it sounds like that when you get hurt in this game. But still, it's not definitely, a scream. It is not a scream. And the music in this game is perfectly pleasant. Um, oh, I, we should have mentioned, Communion Twist 1 has very nice music. Yeah, again, it, unobtrusive, uh, but... but Colorful and fun. Jaunty. Feel, yeah, jaunty. If music can be colorful. Sure, yeah. yeah I, I feel like yeah. if you close your eyes and you listen to the music, you would imagine what the game looks like. Yeah. And action being the last word in this phrase, like yeah, there's action, sure. There's there's, uh, but this does not feel like an action game in the sense that you feel like, uh, like an action movie or something. Yeah. Like this is not. I would not associate the word action with this game. No. Uh, so all together, yeah, it's just a nonsensical phrase. There is phrase. four words in there, and zero of them fit. No, yeah, none of them apply. So I was just curious about the uh, the etymology there. I don't know. Uh, there is a slightly similar plot this time around, uh, again involving the White Rabbit. Uh, the story begins with the chameleons. Uh, they've, they're reverted back to their chameleon form, but they got to keep their backpacks, And they are, are apparently have a teeter-totter. They have a teeter-totter. They're just hanging out, playing on a teeter-totter. Did, Did they build it on the stump? A- you probably. Did your uh, chameleon ever play on a teeter-totter? Is that standard <laughs> chameleon behavior? You know, they move very, very slowly, <laughs> okay. so I can't imagine that's an activity that a chameleon would enjoy. Um, even less so, because, uh, this rabbit came charged. Through the woods, falls, no, it falls uh, no, out of the sky. sky. You're right, he fell from the sky, and he shoots Davy up into the air through the teeter totter. And somehow, being up in the clouds turns Davy into a different, like humanoid form. Uh, they changed the character model this time. He looks like a chameleon. Uh, in the first one, he did not look. He looks like a spaceman. This one, he looks like a chameleon uh, that's walking around on his hind legs. This game is a lot better looking than the first one. I agree, um, yeah. Very vibrant color palette. Yeah. yeah, and much cleaner. The design on the chameleon is uh, much less weird, and it looks like a chameleon is turned into a humanoid shape, as opposed to the first one, which looks nothing like a chameleon. Yeah. Um, the camera. This game, I would say, if the first chameleon twist kind of cribs Bomberman yeah. as its inspiration, this game feels like they're trying to be more like Mario 64. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the, the the rainbow bridges and the magic carpets. Yeah, and it like, essentially is starting on your rainbow ride. 
level, and it's, which is a hard place to start. It is, and it's a much more platform-heavy experience, yeah. like, uh, which is kind of a bad thing, I have to say, mm-hmm. because the camera is uh, as bad, maybe worse, yes. uh, than in the first game, and you need it more here. Yeah, uh, that, that's yeah. the difference. That's is the big there, difference. There's a lot of times where you have to make a jump, and if you miss it, you're going to fall down to your yeah. death. Um, yeah, we in the first game, we hardly took any damage. We just cruised through the levels. Um, in this game, on the first world, um, we got very close to death a yeah. couple times. Uh, so the difficulty has definitely been ratcheted up. Mm. Um, I don't think this game is any longer. I think it's still five levels. Yeah, um, about that, five, six levels, yeah. What I really feel like... Um, yeah, so this game I think is less fun to play because it's it's frustrating to ma- make yeah. these jumps. The first level has this annoying section where you have to stand on an elevator and it takes you to some random Ugh. other group of elevators. Then you have to stand in one of those, and so it's like it's you have a, to memorize this. It's pattern. It's a floating p- platform maze, yeah, which is like the worst combination of words, like and especially <laughs> the worst combination of words for the first. That should level have been that game. should have been the tagline for the game: yeah. floating platform maze, chameleon twist two. There you go. Or this. See, then I could uh, get on board with the action if there because there is definitely floating platform maze action in this okay game. yeah absolutely i can get on board with that then oh um uh, your tongue is your tongue will stick to platforms in this game in the first will. one i you yeah you can't stick to platforms you can only grab the poles that are sticking out here you can grab the side of a platform and then jump up so is it possible to kind of scale a wall i wasn't able to i tried this a couple times i was trying to yeah. uh, like if you could scale a wall by like suctioning your tongue it's and then not jumping. because i think there's a, a space between the time where you where you tongue the wall mm. there's a little cool down period before you can tongue it again <laughs> <laughs> all right I, I tangent really but uh, did you ever get dared to lick weird stuff when you were a kid <laughs> were you or did you know that kid yeah everyone knew that everyone it was mostly that. eating weird stuff it was eating a, weird stuff yeah. there's always one kid you could dare to like lick or we- eat weird stuff and i was that kid oh no somebody dared me to uh, somebody dared me to lick a battery in the back of a bus once and it was a bad experience well i don't feel like licking a battery would be that bad it was a nine volt battery i don't know i licked i got was a it, shock off really it. Yeah, and there's was like it an, acidic, an old battery no but there's like an acidic taste that leaves did it mouth. like just come out of your rock'em sock'em robot so it was still... i don't know somebody actually i don't think those are battery powered no but... they're not somebody had something i don't know i don't know why they had a nine volt battery but yeah they dared <laughs> well, me to... they brought it because they're like i bet i can get steve to lick this and, yeah they dared me to <laughs> do it they're just looking you know? through their drawer of weird stuff being like well, can i get steve to lick today <laughs> anyway long story short i got mono uh, <laughs> no i didn't but, <laughs> you, de- yeah. you developed electric electric screaming action i had <laughs> i got a horrible case of high voltage <laughs> screaming action yeah. uh I had to go to the doctor. Um, yeah, but anyway, that's a weird tangent. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't have admitted to being the licker <laughs> well, I of feel my like, school. I feel like that's not too bad. My association was usually the licker is lives a very unhappy life, and so I feel like you've done well for yourself. No, yeah, you know, most lickers you, you are, li- li- uh, liquor makes good. They, they, you know, they get too into their craft and they lick something they know they shouldn't have licked. But I walked no away from that life. Yeah. You know, I said, you know, I've licked enough. Yeah. I got that battery. I got that bus window. I've gone I'm as done. far as a liquor can go in this world. <laughs> <laughs> Until you get to Resident Evil 2 and then you crawl on ceilings. Anyway, that's my uh, licking story. Um, so, yeah, Chameleon Twist 2. The tongue looks a little different in this game, too. The first game, it looks kind of like uh, it's pointed. You have like okay. a spear. Yeah. And this one is bulbous. So I think it looks <laughs> – this one looks more like a chameleon's tongue. Yeah. Um, and I just – it almost makes you wonder if they reverse engineered some different game. Like maybe Chameleon Twist 2 was actually the first game. Okay. And then they they uh, reverse engineered something else with a similar mechanic. I don't know. And just slapped that title on there. Or maybe they just figured out how to draw a chameleon in that year in between. <laughs> the weird thing is I feel like where 
so I like this game. I feel like this game is okay. I like this game as well because I want more of the first game. Yeah. Um, and so this game delivers on that. The, the core mechanic of using your tongue still works quite well. Sure. Your character slips around a lot in this Very game. Very slippy, yeah. Which, I, again, I don't think... I think of chameleons as perhaps one of the least slippy things because they, they, they got sticky feet. Everything. Yeah, they grip on everything. Oh, our little guy would like hang upside down from branches on two legs and just like do sit-ups. Like, yeah, yeah, this, this whole the whole first level um, feels like you're on ice. Yeah, and, and it, it's uh, it reminded me a bit of Jet Force Gemini, although it, like Jet Force Gemini controls a little better, but the same way that you kind of slide a little bit for everything feels the same way. I don't know. And, and that took a little getting used to when I first started it coming from the first game because it feels different. It doesn't control like Chameleon Twist 1. So I think what this the, what this game really feels like to me is essentially the second half of Chameleon Twist. Mm. Um, both these games are so short, and um, this game basically feels like just the harder levels yeah. that were sort of removed from the first game in order to make it two games, even though this came out. Later, I feel like like, the Mario lost levels of the Chameleon Twistiverse. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, And in in that same way, it's not as good as the first one. Mm. But if you want more of the same and you really get good at it and you want to go with something more difficult, I think this has that scratches that itch. The other aspect is some poles are like jutted out horizontally. And if you grab those, you can sort of swing around vertically. Yeah, vertical swing is the same uh, or is is a new addition here. Oh, uh, the other new addition here is you get a parasol, which is useful for uh, some of those big falls. It just, Um, it lives in your backpack and it's really cute when you take a, when you take a jump and hold Z to open the parasol, your chameleon will just kind of flail and make little kicky motions. It's like a dog swimming. It's like really cute. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I would say overall, this game is totally adorable. Uh, Lots of rainbow slides and things like that. And then we got to a really weird part, like right before there's a warp platform that takes you to the boss. And I remember this from the first time I rented this game that like I thought the game was broken uh, because I stepped on that thing and then it looks like the screen glitches out. (laughs) And uh, then it takes you, it winds up being like the warp animation for the boss fight. But seeing it again now, it totally looks like the game is breaking, right? it It looks like it's glitching out really bad. And I'm wondering if they just, like, got lazy and didn't want to do a different animation or, like, the animation they had in place didn't work. But it looks like something's going wrong. It does. Uh, this, I mean, both these games feel very, very cheap. Yeah. Um, you're essentially just getting the art assets that you need to see, mm-hmm. like the platforms that you have to jump on. There's no background or anything. It's just kind of this white fog. Yeah. Um, and the design, yeah, in the first game, the floor designs don't really look like anything. They just are sort of a texture. Yeah. But there's no, like, grass or trees or anything. Um, and there's like this weird part in the first game where you just kind of are stepping on red ground yeah. and it hurts you. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly not lava because we already encountered lava earlier and it, that kind of looked like lava. Right. This just looks like red Legos. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. stepping on Legos does hurt. Uh, no, but... it does, but not lava level, yeah. yeah. I think I read something like describing what it would actually happen to you if you fell in lava and it's like way more horrifying than you would think like you don't just like i don't know i think it would be pretty horrifying oh yeah but it's even more horrifying than you like you if you think like terminator 2 where he just like dissolves no this is like you wouldn't sink into the lava you would land on the surface because the surface tension is too strong so you would just sit there inhaling fumes and melting from the inside out like on top of the lot it's horrifying Okay, okay So it makes it makes this game less seem less cute, huh? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You're doing that to a little lizard, like yeah. a cute little lizard who like does little kicky things with his feet. Yeah. Um, so you know, I will say this game has validated itself a little. It's it's redeemed itself a little bit in my memory. Uh, far from the worst game we played, it's actually a game I kind of sort of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's very similar to the first game, which I enjoyed more. Yep. Um, One thing that is worth noting is there's no multiplayer in the second game. They what just a boneheaded total- move. What yeah. a boneheaded move. It's not like the... Mul- I mean, obviously the multiplayer is not an essential part of the first game. No, but, but they was- could have expanded on it. Yeah, it felt like the good... Uh, basis for something like yeah. this could have been like another Bomberman style mm-hmm. like fun party game if they just expanded on those modes mm-hmm. and worked with what was already working yeah and leaving keep, it out here I mean like, at the very least just keep the same gameplay and give us eight different levels like something that yeah. wouldn't be great but but it, it would be something it would be you know like and again maybe the, the multiplayer didn't take out because like you said you didn't even know it was on there and you've been a defender of the game for a while yeah so maybe they just didn't hype but, it up enough or they put the focus in the wrong place. I mean, this game is just very, very lazy. Um, yeah. It's, again, I feel like the core gameplay is really solid, but sure. there's just, there's clearly not much money or effort put into the, the presentation or the extras. And no. so I feel like it's no wonder that it did not sell well, because after you sort of got, if you had bought that first game and played through it in an afternoon, you're not going to be very excited to buy the second one for another two hours of gameplay for exactly. your 60 bucks. <laughs> exactly. I wound up being disappointed with my rental price of what was <laughs> probably $9. I don't remember what the game's rented for back $9? I feel like they were really expensive, right? Uh, maybe I'm remembering that That seems wrong. crazy. I feel like I remember video game... Maybe that was just something my parents told me so that I couldn't rent video games very often, but they would always say it was really expensive. Man, I, I had, like, the best run of, like... the That was the best time to buy games is like when new systems came out and the rental store was like getting rid of their old things yeah i remember i bought like secret of mana mega man x2 and mm. mega man x3 for i think ten dollars for oh, all damn. of them and those um, are like seven hundred dollars yeah, now but they all have uh big orange stickers on them that say property of CView video do not remove that's the bummer yeah i i had a bunch of games that i bought from uh, our blockbuster when they went under and they're all sun bleached to hell like because they they put them in the display window and you know when the part of colorado i lived in was a desert (laughs) so they roasted in the open window uh so yeah i had uh, a copy of the simpsons game that i bought from there years later like that was all bleached out as well so i don't know yeah blockbuster don't miss it (laughs) i feel like every once in a while you feel like oh man i miss video stores but like blockbuster i never miss they always suck um, anyway, let's move on to our rankings yeah. for the Chameleon Twist games. Um, yeah, again, we rank all of our games that we play uh, each week. Uh, I will start us off on this one. Yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, both of these to varying degrees. Sure. Like, two was definitely a step down. It was definitely a big step down. Um, and I think I agree with you overall that these games are just kind of lazy and they're kind of, they feel kind of like budget games Mm -hmm. but they feel like quality budget games uh so i'm putting the first chameleon twist at number 49 okay so that's right below conquer's bad fur day sure uh and number two is falling a little bit but it's going to be on number 63 so that's right below international track and field 2000 uh again we're in that nice warm middle zone of games that like are really not bad at all so this game's actually going above my middle zone in my uh, my high zone. Ooh. Um, yeah, that's that's where all the sweet action happens. My high screaming, high voltage screaming high action voltage zone. Screaming action, yeah. Um, I'm putting the first one at number 22, which oh, is wow. right above Donkey Kong 64. Um, again, big. it has. I think this game is kind of a little hidden treat um, because 
when you go back and play old games, so many of them, and I feel like I've said this before, but so many of them are just worse versions of other games that you've played. Sure. Um, whereas these Chameleon Twist games feel like they're their own unique thing. I don't I feel like any games have sort of copied this mechanic. Yeah. Um, and they do it well enough to make me want to go back and play them. If you're if you're into sticky tongue grappling action, mm-hmm. this is about your best option. That should have been the tagline. Yeah. Sticky tongue grappling action. Yeah, because oh, yeah. the Yoshi's game, it's kind of like a 3D Yoshi game, but with sort of weird platform, like mm-hmm. weird grappling platform thrown in, yeah. which Yoshi's tongue doesn't do. Um, and so I really, I really like the first one. Um, and, you know, I was pleasantly surprised by the multiplayer mode as well. So yeah, that only yeah. increased its opi- my opinion of it. I do agree Chameleon Twist 2 is less fun. Um I think it's mostly just cuz the level I don't want a level of challenge from this game as much and the platform at least on the first world is pretty frustrating. Yeah. The levels are also longer so you start getting a little bored of it. You do. Um I'm putting it at number 37 which is right below Mario Party 2 okay. because I still again, I the core gameplay is still solid. I just wish the camera didn't suck so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably be being nice. a little too easy on these games, but I'm. I feel like they're definitely underdogs in the I, N64 catalog that are deserving of sort of that cult status. And I can, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. I, I, I was a little torn about putting these a little higher, but then I was looking at the games that were above it, and I just had to be honest about which games I would rather yeah. play again. Yeah. And I think Conquer edges that out. Yeah, Fair I would enough. rather Fair play enough. Conquer before I played this. Anyway, that has been our show for this week. You got to tune in next week. You absolutely got it because it's a big one. It is our 100th episode. Holy shit, we've been doing this a long time. We are this is our 100th episode. Uh, Longtime listeners will remember that every 25 episodes or so, we'll put up a poll so people can vote on the next game. But for this 101, I just wanted to treat ourselves, and so we're skipping that poll, (laughs) and we're just playing Mario Kart 64. And it's going to be great because it's fucking Mario Kart 64. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited about that. I'm so. putting Mario Kart 64 number 150 on my list. I hate you get, so get, much. Be ready for it. Burn. Right between <laughs> Dual Heroes and Powerpuff Girls. Oh, God. Oh, my face is getting hot. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, tune in. if uh, This is a good time to tell your friends to listen to because who doesn't love Mario Kart? Yeah. And while you're at it, why don't you listen to our other podcast? It's called Just Friends. It's on the Apple podcast right now. And that's uh, the podcast where me and Woody and Michaela Nicholson are reading through all of David Foster Wallace's Infinite Jest. I like the way you specify all. Like yeah. we're just we're just reading select chapters and <laughs> trying to piece around. together what the hell's happening. Honestly, we could read in random order. It as it would make just about as much sense. Yeah. So yeah, if you've ever been curious about that book, like mm-hmm. I have been and wanted to try it, but just can't get the willpower to make it through, we're there with you. We're there so. with you. We're we're uh, we're dedicated to finishing the book, and you can feel free to finish it with us. Yeah. So Jest Friends, J E S T Friends. That's on the apple podcast network right now so go check it out all right well i want to turn the button off but it's just a little too far my tongue is only one tongue long how long is your tongue my tongue is 10 tongues oh you no you missed oh no damn it okay i'll just use my hands bye everybody Hey, man, bye-bye.